everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but Foodie married Beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast on this beautiful end of summer weekend in D.C. Before we get going on the show, Nikki, you've got something you want to say. I got a couple things to say. First of all, it is the end of summer for us because this is the last Foodie and the Beast of summer. Oh my God, we're going to be out of town for a couple weeks, so we'll come back. In winter, uh, but when we come back, please mark your calendar on September 21st. It is the Food Rescue Gala I am emceeing. If you don't know about Food Rescue, please look them up. They've been on our show before. They really are taking care of food waste and feeding those in need. It is an amazing organization. They do incredible work. Please join us there on um, September 21st. Okay. Okay. Here's the show. All right, uh, we're joined today. This will be a lot of fun. Jason Bronner of Buzzards Roost Spirits out of Louisville is the king of bourbon. Am I right? He's in with us. We're going to hear all about his restaurant that was just highly awarded, and um, his wonderful bourbon is going to be passed around all show. Mm -hmm. So it should be a liquid adventure. Uh, Do you love your shawarma? Love your shawarma? Love your falafel? Then you'll love hearing from Phil Petrilli, who's the founder of Untamed Brands, and in particular, Taim Mediterranean Kitchen. They've got four locations in D.C., and we've got samples in the studio, Mm -hmm. which is the most important thing for me because I'm a glutton. Um, Fairfax City Restaurant Week is back September 4th, and Marie Hines and Matthew Easley are here with all the details. Uh, Matt oversees the administration, budget, and operations for Fairfax City's uh, Office of Economic Development, and Marie is the genius chef owner behind Jass and Fam Caribbean Flavor. Yeah, look at her. She's and smiling. check out my Insta because you can see me as a mouthpiece once again for Fairfax City Restaurant Week. Uh, and beautifying the the studio even more mm-hmm. is Holly Hyder Chapel, who owns Hope Flower Farm and Winery in beautiful Waterford, Virginia, scenic. Uh, they've got great wines, flowers. Gorgeous flowers are filling Plus, the studio. The farm hosts weddings and corporate events and all mm-hmm. that. We're gonna there's even an Airbnb. We're gonna hear all about that. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, Jen Meltzer and Ed Revis of Money Muscle Barbecue. I guess they forgot to tell us something a couple of weeks ago because they're back in studio they're with even back more because of the long weekend and everybody does barbecue. So we uh, need to have barbecue for the long weekend. Right. I can't half believe I've explained this. My body is barbecue. The other half is sour cream. Yes. In any event, we're going to be hearing from all these guys. Let's start with Jason. Jason. Hi, Jason. Belly up to the Hello. mic there. Well, so Jason's all in from Kentucky. Louisville. 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 Right? Born and raised. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your bourbon biz and what's going on here. Well, uh, for my bourbon journey, it kind of all started about 18 years ago when I opened a place called Bourbon's Bistro. Uh, I mean... I think we should say that that's like one of the most well-known places. Well, it just won a big award. I know. Yeah, thank you. We did get uh, Whiskey Magazine gave us Whiskey Bar of the World mm-hmm. uh, for 2023. We also... Everybody in studio is like, whoa. Not the Galaxy? Okay. Wait, right. wait, not the Galaxy. Like your parents okay. are like, wait, not the Galaxy? Okay. <laughs> we also uh, received Whiskey Bar of the United States um, for 23 and uh, 2022 as well. Mm. So no, that's kind of where I started and 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 learned my mm. chops, I guess, um, in the whiskey industry. But um, why? What was it about whiskey that you well, were like, I love this stuff. I must have more. Well, as he was standing on the corner in seventh grade, smoking. <laughs> no, and I'm drink- serious. <laughs> smoking and drinking. No, yeah. um, you know, being being born and raised in Kentucky, um, 
I've been in the restaurant business since I was 21. Started my first restaurant when I was 21. Uh, decided to open up. I was like a little pizza place. Then I decided to do this Bourbon's Bistro, and I kind of looked around and. And uh, bourbon was undermarketed, and 95% of the world's bourbon comes from about 70 miles uh, from my restaurant. Huh. So uh, we were just out to educate the world about bourbon, basically. Uh, you know, we had taken some trips to wine country, learned a lot out there. But um, I felt that some of the folks in wine country, even though they are you know, know all about their spirit, uh, when I told them I was from Kentucky and in the bourbon industry, they were surprised that I didn't, you know, my wife wasn't barefoot and pregnant and that I had all my teeth. You mean like Nikki? Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was just So there really, was some education to be had. Exactly. That's what there I'm was, hearing. There was definitely some education to be had. So, okay. Uh, well, we, listen, on that note, will you just tell us what we're drinking first? We are going to start with a rye whiskey. Okay. Uh, I started, tell us. I started my company, Buzzard's Roost, with uh, a rye whiskey. We source aged whiskey and then we will rebarrel it. Our whole uh, process is the, mm-hmm. all about the maturation of the whiskey. Mm-hmm. So I work with Independent Stave Company, and we rebarrel it. I have 17 proprietary barrels that I use to rebarrel our whiskey, and we've won several, several awards with uh, this whiskey as well. This is actually a double gold winner in the World Spirits Competition. Jeez. In San Francisco the past year. So you're having Don Mattingly in the studio. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're going to sip your rye. I will have some rye comments of my own, of course. And we're going to go to Phil Petrilli and talk about Taim. But we're not just going to talk about Taim because you're the founder of Untamed Brands. That's right. Because you're not the founder of Taim. That was founded by another, that was founded by a couple who started it in New York. So talk a little bit about Untamed Brands. Yeah. Um, I formed Untamed Brands after having, a, fortunately, a really successful career in fast casual. I joined uh, Chipotle when there were 16 restaurants in the world, mm. um, developed <laughs> most of the Chipotle they have locations. They have, like, 19 US. now, right? Yeah, they have about 19. Yeah. Yeah. What so are they, the what's the name been, of the restaurant? I don't think I've heard yeah. of it. Um, Chipotle. And so I spent 20-plus I spent, uh, years in fast casual. And when I retired, I began investing in some small, um, fast casual brands around the country. And as I was looking at ones to invest in, you know, I found one thing. Our country is so fortunate because now there are so many outstanding fast casual restaurant brands. Mm -hmm. Coast to coast in the middle. Well, it sort of kicked off in 2008, right? Like after the recession, a lot of chefs said – I want to do my tweezer food, but I can't make any money off of it. So they came up with other concepts that were, were in that middle ground yep. that allowed the spread and the change. And that's a national trend. That's that's right, Nikki. And But what I also saw, which was um, disheartening, was how many of these brands serving amazing food mm-hmm. really at just two, three, four locations, you saw the growth stall. And in often, you know, the business just eventually went away and it was always due to the same set of mistakes a bad real estate decision mm. not having kind of access in, in the capital around capital supply chain all the different disciplines and i said you know how can we solve for these small brands and their desire to grow and and i just saw an opportunity there so untamed brands is really a team story Mm-hmm. What I did is I assembled a team of some of the industry's best and most experienced people in all of the key disciplines within our business. Mm-hmm. So my chief development officer came from Chipotle where he ran development for the eastern half of the United States. My CFO ran finance for Nando's 
North America. You go on and on down the list. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds our, like our, a bunch of rookies. To me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so then you know we set out to to get involved with some of these smaller emerging, super high quality, best in class, fast casual brands. With the thesis being, my team can help these brands not only accelerate their growth but be more successful in their right. growth through so their experience. Not just survive but thrive. Yeah. And Taim was I, I was an early investor in Taim, so Taim kind of made sense for us to bring on So let's tell people what because yeah. it's a Tel Aviv based company serving uh, you know now Tel Aviv I've, inspired. Inspired. Yeah. But yes, not based, sorry. Yeah. But I mean the kind of cuisine they were serving was sort of I mean, everybody kind of knew falafel, but they were taking this really a step further. And I think we see a lot of knockoffs of Taim now. Not that there's anything wrong with it because it's an amazing, healthy, delicious cuisine. Yeah. One thing that, you know, we love love lots of things about Mm -hmm. Taim, Mm -hmm. um, starting with the food. I I discovered it when Anad had opened the first location in the West Village um, in 2005 when I was developing Chipotle's there. And, you know, it immediately hit me. You could go in and back then you could get for five bucks this falafel pita sandwich Mm -hmm. that was just mind-blowingly delicious, Mm -hmm. made fresh in-house. But you got your pita in like three minutes after ordering it. You could walk down the street eating it. it, Like it had all of the elements of what fast casual consumers are looking for. Mm -hmm. Speed, value, convenience. But and, also and taste. And well, taste, taste, but also health. But that's that's yeah, exactly. We are one of the rare brands within fast casual that ha- has this intersection between food that you really want to eat. It's super craveable, mm-hmm. but it's actually food that's really good for you. Right. And when you think about all of your other fast casual options, there's a lot that you crave. Very few of those are very good for you. Well, see, I think of that as more fast food, quite frankly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when I think of fast food, yeah. I think of it as, I mean, some of it is very yummy, but it's not mostly healthy. But I think yeah. there's a lot more fast casual yeah. out there now. Like if you think of all the salad places and things of that nature. But you can make a salad very unhealthy also. Well, you can also <laughs> make a salad that's not craveable. Maybe it's right. super healthy, but it's you're like, I'm doing this so that tomorrow I can go eat five guys in Chipotle, right? Right. Or, for the rest of the week, but it's not. I just want to make it clear. I'm not doing Who's that. Who's been talking to you about right. me? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So we we really think that we are one of those rare brands where mm-hmm. we meet all of those fast casual consumers' needs, right? right? Which is, I don't have a lot of time. I don't want to spend a lot of money. It has to be convenient, and I expect it to be really good. And our food is. So did you have to take their initial menu and massage it to? Mm-hmm. Because yep. what you have done is basically like. Stamp and print, right? Like yeah. you're, it's yeah. now going, you're yeah. taking it everywhere. So how did you go about sort of massaging that menu per region? So it's like if you took it to Kentucky, you're going to make it look different than it is in D.C. or how it's going to be in California or yeah, someplace the, like the, that. The good thing about Mediterranean food is that, number one, you have such a broad and diverse um, opportunity in terms of what you can put on your menu. So we're constantly bringing in new items for a short period of time just to keep it fresh and and attract people that are um you know haven't come to us before but you're right nikki i mean when when we when we began to work on growing taim it was very niche very 
falafel-centric, which we have the best falafel in the world. Mm-hmm. But out And that works in New York with two restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. You can feed a lot of people in New York City out of two restaurants that just want the world's best falafel. But if you want to start to grow beyond two restaurants in New York City, you have to have a menu that, number one, you know, not everybody's vegetarian, right? Mm-hmm. 20, 22% of the United States are kind of self-defined vegetarians. That's a lot of people who actually want meat. And we had no meat on the menu. So mm. we introduced the chicken shawarma a couple of years ago. It's our number one selling item on the menu. So we did have to kind of broaden the menu to be able to attract more people into trying us. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is they come in for the chicken and we maybe give them a sample of the falafel or we make this mind-blowing cauliflower shawarma mm-hmm. that's just crazy good. And you give them something like that and then now they're coming three times a month and yeah, maybe they're getting the chicken or the roasted meatballs for their their meat option, but mm-hmm. one of those one of those visits they're, they're broadening going their vegetarian. Taste. Yeah. Okay, hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Sure. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Phil Petrilli of Untamed Foods, who's going to answer two questions for okay. us. One okay, is, uh, make them easy. when Guardians of the Galaxy ate shawarma, did that make your business jump? And number two <laughs> is, when people say falafel, do you say, no, I feel fine? Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, now we actually have real questions okay. to ask you. Uh, somewhere there's a question okay. in there. So what was it about D.C. as an attractive market? Um, well, I live here, so it's always attractive oh, to okay. be able to work a little closer to home than mm-hmm. going to New York um, every single bit. week. Um, D.C. is an awesome fast casual market. I mean, it's it's it's. Several Pe- big brands started here. Yep, yeah. started here. Hello, I developed Cava, Chip- yes. Cava Sweetgreen. Yeah. They both started. developed Chipotle here. Um, it's a city of people. It's a highly ethnically diverse city, mm-hmm. and so people are seeking some of these bolder flavors that are that are representative of the food that we serve. Mm-hmm. Um, people are very very busy. You know whether it's work. The city's obviously still not as busy and hectic as it was back in 2019, but even in the suburbs, you know, with kids and sports and everything. And so it is a prime fast casual market because, again, fast casual is about taking that almost fast food experience, which is I don't have a lot of time, I don't have a lot of money, make it convenient, but we're just elevating the food experience itself to such a level. I mean, it is on par with full-service restaurants. We right. make everything from scratch in every single one of our so restaurants. So nothing's coming from a commissary, nothing's, nothing like that? Nothing's coming from a commissary. And this is you know, this is what has kind of really made Fast Casual so attractive. You alluded to all these chefs back in 2008 that were you know, saying, I can't make money in this down economy. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this out. And, and what they what they found is that if you can really stay focused and simplified in a menu, you can still stay true to the roots of real cooking mm-hmm. and real prep and working with real ingredients. And that's what our teams do every day. And that's why the food experience is so elevated. And D.C. is filled with people who have a high level of appreciation. It's an educated Well, one thing we haven't addressed client. is exactly where Taim is in D.C. Yeah. So our first location was um, is down in Dupont Circle. We're just on the north side of the circle in mm-hmm. the building next to Sweet Greens. You mentioned Sweet Greens, mm-hmm. where the Dupont Circle Farmers Market is every Sunday. So mm-hmm. a lot of people discover us from there. Um, we opened up in College Park, Maryland, right on Route One, right across from the entrance to the university. Makes just, sense. Just before the students got out, so um, summer was a little bit of a 
of a of a struggle, <laughs> but this week that they're moving back in, they're excited. They're, they're, they're excited and they're flocking back in. We just opened two of our first Northern Virginia locations in Tyson's in mm-hmm. the Pimmet Hills neighborhood in the Tyson Stations by Trader Joe's. And in Fairfax. Excellent. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we have Reston opening at the end of this year. Wait, so. Fairfax City or Fairfax? Fairfax City. Wait, no, you got to be in front we of the mic. We are part of the restaurant. Well, Phil, good, good news, everybody. Phil's going to leave here alive. Okay. That's great. All right, Phil. All right, yeah. All right Phil. Tell everybody where we can find Taim, please, on social or Insta. Taimkitchen.com, Eat Taim on social. and T-A-I-M. Um, yep. And in plenty of restaurants in New York City, New Jersey, New- Long Island in two weeks, mm-hmm. and then um, more locations to come here. In the, Look at that. Today, the Washington, tomorrow's the world. Okay. I love it's it. Okay. Right. Thank you, Phil. All right, Jason, All right. belly up to that microphone again. So, Jason, again. this was very smooth. Very smooth. Can we talk about, like, We're not since- inveterate bourbon drinkers. So, but we have you know. a lot of it in studio. Yeah. So, <laughs> let me just ask a couple questions. So, sure. here you have this restaurant. You become this mouthpiece for the industry, educating people about the styles and tastes of bourbons and whiskeys and et cetera. What made you decide to do your own? Wasn't there enough good stuff? Well, uh, you would think, but there's always the, you know, there's always that in me to, to go to the next level mm-hmm. and to. Well, I don't know you that well yet, <laughs> but I guess I'm finding out. Explore, you know, what I can do. I, I think really it was just a natural step for me because I'd. Uh, been in the whiskey and accepted by the whiskey community for so long and 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 really kind of developed a, a, a pretty recognizable people in the industry thought I had a pretty decent palate uh, so I oh, said come on well, don't be shy Jason <laughs> look at him he's I blushing said, well why don't we uh we'll give it a shot you know Let, mm-hmm. let's, let's do it so. and what were the attributes that you were looking for given that you have a good palate and you've tasted so much what were you looking to do in your product? Well, what I call, and, and you know, I'm like I said, born and raised in Kentucky. I call it the all the the dog and pony show, the mm-hmm. whole dog and pony show. So I wanted to start on the front of your palate, uh, be sweet up front, work its way back to the middle of your palate, nothing off, you know, no off tones to it, and then finish up on the back of your palate uh, with a good, strong, you know, lingering, lingering, uh, just good flavors of whiskey. And then you'll get that Kentucky hug when you feel it in your chest. Is that the burn? Is that what we're talking yeah. about? Well, <laughs> we, I got a question. We politely call it the Kentucky okay, hug. Okay, I like on, that on, better. I call it the, like, oh, my God. I got one of those this morning. Um, <laughs> well, um, I don't know on the what flip that side. means. I don't, I don't even know what that oh, means. Oh, don't be shy. Right. Okay. Don't be so shy. Okay. Anyway, no, but on the flip side, because you do know, you know, look, there are people that, that have more educated palates than others. Nikki's is very educated when we talk wine. Mine is still in kindergarten, so I mean, I, you know, I just. But he chooses to stay there, just yeah, to be sure. clear. I know because I, you know I'm 14 still. Uh, but when you, because you're so educated, when you taste a bad one, what are you tasting? In other words, what's happening there? That is, is it too much char? Like what is it? Well, it can be. It can be over oaked. It does get tannic uh, because it could pick up too much wood. Uh, some mm-hmm. some of the you know, the big names that are in the barrel for 20 years could get past that sugar layer, and, and when it ages, it's going to pick up a lot of wood tannins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get some char, just some off notes. There's some some uh, different al- acetyl alcohols and different things in there that you're going to get. But is it because it's cheaply made, or is it because— Mass made. We always, we always say there is no bad bourbon, just better. 
Okay. Um, That's politic of you. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's some, some whiskeys that are, are meant for mixing. Um, and, and then some are, are meant for, yeah, so for that, drinking listen, straight. So. That's, that's the same thing with some sparkling wine, right? It right. belongs in a mimosa. It doesn't it, belong anywhere else. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. On that note, what are you pouring next? We are going to pour our toasted rye. Ooh, so okay. this was finished in a toasted barrel. Mm-hmm. And the secondary barrel did not get charred. And so it has to say toasted on the label. Okay. And you're going to pick up, well, I like to let people drink. All right, before, let us drink, yeah. and then we'll talk about it when we I come back. I don't want to pick up, uh, All right. lead you off a cliff here. Okay, right. thank you. All right. So now, big news, it's back. Fairfax City Restaurant Week is back September 4th, right after Labor Day. Uh, celebrated chef and restaurateur Marie Hines is in with us, and so, so nice is Fairfax City Administrator Matt Easley to tell us all about it. Matt even though you said hello, sir, to me, which made me feel a thousand years old, I'm going to let you go first, man. I appreciate that. Why don't you give us the deets, the kind of the overview of uh, uh, Restaurant Week? So we're back for our sixth year. This is our second iteration of the summer uh, Restaurant Week. Um, it's going to go through September 4 to September 10th. We have over 33 restaurants participating. 33 exactly. Okay, can we back up? We can. Okay. Don't look at that paper. Look at me. Yes, okay. Ma'am. So, and don't call me ma'am. Are you kidding? I'll oh, stab I'm, I'm, I'm stabbing myself no, in the back here. Oh, 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 redeemed, redeemed. Okay. My goodness. It's going well, yeah. So, let's talk that's about. That's a southern thing. That's not a ma'am thing. That's a. <laughs> let's talk about Fairfax City. Let's talk about the community. Let's talk about what's there. Let's explain to people why it's such a unique and incredible area. Because every time I go out there, I'm always so amazed by the mix of restaurants, the culture and cuisines that are out there, and the realist retail that's there too. Like it's such a mix, and it's I, I find it amazingly curated. So can we talk about that and the feel out uh, there? I do have to interject that if you've seen any of the commercials for Fairfax City Restaurant Week, Nikki's their spokesperson, so she, she knows the whole deal. I she do. does an excellent job. Um, so we're, we're a very small city, um, but we have an eclectic array of cuisines from Indian, Italian, American, Jamaican. Uyghur. You got, yeah, we, yeah, we, we mean, got it all. Um, Uyghur is David's favorite. I know. That, <laughs> who knew? But right. you got it. So, you know, and when you go into these restaurants, because we're such a small community, it's very intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like you're a part of the family, you know. Um, so to me, that's the unique take on Fairfax City and our restaurants. Right. And this is an opportunity for us to promote these restaurants to the surrounding jurisdictions and areas. Well, and given that most of the restaurants are independent, almost all of them really all that them. are participating, them, right? I say, yes. I- I'd love to know, and maybe Marie, this is a great place to bring you in. Like, well, first let's talk about your restaurant. Hi, Marie. How are you? Hi, good morning. I am fine. Thank good. You. So tell us about your restaurant, please. So um, Jess and Pam Caribbean Flavor came to Fairfax City last year, October. Mm-hmm. Um, we, oh my God! So one year almost. Yeah, Yay! Almost. <laughs> That's a big deal for a restaurant. So it was a really welcoming um, that Fairfax community welcomed Jess and Pam. We mm-hmm. felt really welcome to have you know such an authentic restaurant at. In, now, do you live in that area? No. Okay, so actually, what made I you pick in, it? I live in Bowie, Maryland. Oh my God! That's but a nice story, commute, <laughs> right? So the story. Okay, I'm already is, starting to stress for you. Yeah. We, <laughs> We started off as a food truck, mm. and so kind of building clientele, you know, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And so with budget-wise, the spot that I wanted really in Bowie, we couldn't afford it then. But um, I kept searching, kept looking, and mm. so 
a perfect spot came up and it was just the right size mm -hmm. for our baby business because yes we're still in the kind of baby stage mm -hmm. of Jason I feel like you and Phil should talk <laughs> go ahead yes and so um, Matt was so welcoming to, to me and answered all the questions that I needed with permitting licensing and everything and mm -hmm. we got everybody on board and Jason Fam opened up October 4th and <laughs> it's my mom's dream that really came through because um, that has been my dream for her because of her amazing um, cuisine in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Well, we haven't mentioned, what is the cuisine? Oh, she turns everything into a masterpiece, actually. Mm -hmm. So her oxtails, jerk chicken, her curry chicken, curried goat. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when, when she cooks those meals, you want to come back again mm -hmm. and again. Well, all of that rings familiar except cocoa bread. What is cocoa bread? <laughs> cocoa bread is a light, buttery tasting kind of loaf. It's right here. I have it right oh, here. Oh, she happens to have some. Huh? Yes. And oh, so, um, a lot Andy just got out of his seat. He's like, I can't <laughs> see that. <laughs> so in Jamaica, we do yeah, Nikki will um, sometimes eat the cocoa bread with the patty. It can be Let's like see. a full sandwich. Yum. You put the, the beef patty or your chicken patty inside the cocoa bread. I'm here for it. Ah, so <laughs> right. Oh, that's so, good. delicious. Yes. That's All right. Really we're going to take a quick break. Sure. When we come back, we're going to find out more about Fairfax City Restaurant Week, the other restaurants that are participating, and how you can get in on it. This is da uh, David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Marie Hines about her beautiful restaurant in Fairfax City. Um, what do you when you when the patrons come in? Are they familiar with what you're offering? I mean, do you ever have people that go? What? Is, I mean, I said, what is well, yeah, cocoa so bread? So introducing the community to the cuisine. So sometimes uh, when a customer comes in, they are not really sure of what they want, so they'll ask, "What's your best thing here?" Mm -hmm. And so in Fairfax, I must say from data, um, curried goat, oxtails, and stew chicken is a go-to for people. A lot of people might not kind of shy away from oxtail because they hear they don't tail. Really, right, they don't really know. Say, right. right. But then when they kind of taste it, they say, oh, my, like, I want some more of this. Like, come here. Come, let's, <laughs> let me bring my mom. Let me bring mm -hmm. my husband, you know. And so not only just to provide them with the food, but when they come to Jason Fam, they should feel like a part of us. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we welcome our customers with a smile, helping them to, you know, feel comfortable. You're smiling as you talk. I know. <laughs> it comes through. Right. And so service is very big for us. Mm -hmm. um, we want to make sure that they are comfortable when they come in and go out with, you know, we're not perfect. As I said, we're a new company kind of, you know, growing with our customers. And so we are here to help customers enjoy our food well, and love our it. music because oh, we marry music with food so with our food truck when we go around with the food truck we have our music too i love that right okay so. all right so matt let's just talk about what kind of other restaurants we have in the area who are participating and what people can look forward to so like i said before uh an eclectic array you can have italian you can go to Bollywood Bistro and get some Indian food. You can go to the Wine House, grab some Italian food. Uh, we have also, some... the Wine House has an amazing selection wine, of wines. Yep. Yes, and a great brunch. Mm -hmm. um, what am I missing here? I mean, there are so many restaurants. The Old Shabin, 
Mm-hmm. A great staple for, uh, you know, Irish food. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had a Guinness there. Yes, they have. Wait, you there. drank a Guinness? Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I held it and smiled. A glass it. of Guinness is bigger than yeah, you are, yeah, for yeah. God's sake. Uh, we, we have a great Asian food selection from ramen to Thai cuisine to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Asian street food at High Side. Um, We've had High Side in. They do some amazing, amazing it's very Asian good. street food. It's, it's very so good. good. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just recommend checking out our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, FairfaxCityRestaurantWeek.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's over 30 restaurants on there. We have the menus there as well. Uh, we have multiple pricing options. Uh, you can get a prefix menu for $25 or a $40 dinner. And for the smaller restaurants, they have a two for 10 deal going on. So, you know, there's a lot of options, a lot of opportunities. It's a great way to experiment. Try play. I mean, somebody go to the Uyghur restaurant and tell me all about it. <laughs> Seriously, I'll, I'll report back. Okay. All right. yeah. Well, and I wish we could dive a little deeper. We don't have enough time today, but I'd love to learn more about how like you... Marie, you said like how helpful Matt was. Yes. And it's so important for restaurants or small retail to understand that that there are people there to help them navigate the process. And that's the, the uniqueness of our small city is when mm-hmm. Marie reaches or a business reaches out to us, we can provide that direct contact and guidance to bring them through as fast as possible to get that operation on board. Great. Great. All right, Matt, one more time. Where can we find out about Fairfax City Restaurant Week? FairfaxCityRestaurantWeek.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at and tag us with the hashtag Fairfax City Eats. Okay, Great. and Marie, where can we find you? Um, Instagram, Facebook, Jamdung Food. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, Ayasa Nice or J- Jason Fam Caribbean Flavor. Okay, that's J A S. On Facebook, excellent. Okay, and everything you just heard here will be on the listareyouonit.com and also on my Insta feed. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Okay, Jason, this is really yummy. Thank you. So tell us a little bit nice. about what we are drinking. Okay. So this was a, uh, it's around a four-year rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we finished it in one of our toasted barrels for- uh, So what does a toasted barrel mean as opposed to, like, everything, I, when people come in and talk about, you know, whiskey and et cetera, there's all yeah. the talk about the char, right? right? And the layers of char, is it a sure. four, is it a seven, what is it? So how does that- change that conversation the, the toasting process brings uh, wood sugars to the surface mm-hmm. and then the char basically um, can burn those sugars back it's almost like burning a marshmallow or mm-hmm. burning toast mm. um, so the char levels are one through four we use uh, a level one char mm-hmm. uh, which is the, the the lowest in the industry mm-hmm. uh, most are charred three and four but anyhow the toasting of the barrel this did not get charred so the liquid, as it sits in the barrel, is going to get exposed to those toasted uh, layers, those sugar layers that we brought to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, you might and so get that's a, going to give the final effect? Yeah, it picks it up pretty quick. And uh, you may get a little tannin from the wood because it was not charred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, what, what's going to stick out is those toasted, those toasted flavors. I'm getting mm-hmm. toasted just with these samples. But I'm <laughs> Okay, what are we pouring next? Next, we are moving on to bourbon. Okay. So uh, okay. So for people who don't know, the real uninitiated, the difference between rye and bourbon. Sure. Uh, bourbon has to be at least fifty-one percent corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other makeup would be rye and barley, or wheat and barley. Mm-hmm. But most bourbons on the market are rye bourbons. Okay. Uh, now, counter to that, a rye has to be at least fifty-one percent rye. Okay. And the other makeup would be uh, probably corn and barley. Okay. Such a small, little, itty-bitty yeah. change. Uh, our ryes are actually 95% rye, 5% barley. Okay. Uh, and we use two different mash bills on our bourbon. Uh, we use a 36% rye, and we also use a 21% rye mm. in our bourbon. Ooh. 
right. We'll get back to that. All right. Mm. So now we're going to talk to the owner of, I would say you're a conglomerate. What was it? Holly. Holly Holly Hyder Chapel owns Hope uh, Flower Farm and Winery down in beautiful. I love the mash of the two. Mm -hmm. So talk about how you began your business. I am a wedding and event designer. Um, Holly Hyder Chapel Flowers is the parent brand. And I've been doing weddings for 31 years. I have seven kids. It was a way that I could design and take care of my children. We had five and I wanted we to kill myself. Five. I know. I'm like I'm, seven. What's uh, wrong seven. with you? I, a lot of things are wrong okay. with me. <laughs> so, and I think you should be drinking some rye. Yeah, no kidding. I did all that without drinking <laughs> rye. Right. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. So um, what happened with our company is I was one of the first floors who started blogging. People didn't do that. I started with my seventh child. I started blogging. I was mm-hmm. pregnant with my seventh child. And people started asking me to advise them on their businesses. So my husband and I built a large company that mentored floral designers across the world. Wow. Wow. And people were coming to sleep in my home. My kids were sleeping on the floor so that Evan and I could train them. To do floral design. To do floral design. Specifically for events? Wedding and event design. Okay. Yes. Um, so the, vis- the visitors slept in the beds and the kids slept in the, the floor? The kids were sleeping on I the like floor. I like that, down there with the dogs? Yeah, it, nice. was, it was really getting crazy. That'll teach them. Um, my designs are very influenced by the garden. My parents had a garden center when I was growing up. We were growing on the two acres that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And um, we started to look for a place. And two miles up the road was a 25-acre dairy farm that had it it, for all practical purposes it had been abandoned there was a tenant farmer mr and mrs hope and their name was perfect so we honored the tenant farmers um who had farmed the land for over 60 years and named Mm -hmm. the farm hope it has a manor house it has a bed and breakfast that we built um all of these houses were used for our students and then we used three barns as a training facility wow so but what about the flowers? Were you growing all of them? Were you importing some of them? Like how, when you were first doing your designs, like I want to go back a little bit. How were you, were you one of the early like adapters to like local, local, local? Yes. Or how yes. did that work? Cause you know, when you're doing big events, you know, you got some brides who are like, I want roses, right. you know, in December. So I. That was a little too convincing, actually. <laughs> no, that was very good. I mean, um, I've been there and I've done that. <laughs> just want to say. I, I was actually quite you get what frankly. You, get and you don't get upset. I got what I got. <laughs> I was taking a lot from my father's garden center. I was going in and clipping plants or buying shrubs, planting them, cutting mm-hmm. from my own property. That is my look. As the world started, you know, blogging and doing social media, the local flower became a, a more prestigious bloom. What and I was in the part winter? of that. In the so I do still purchase and I just make certain that who I am purchasing for from has a sustainable practice. So right. I work with the top growers around the world and even actually represent some of those brands. But what happened was the farm actually was purchased as this training center. And we were growing flowers there for the weddings and events. Eventually, someday, I wanted to open it to the public. And we all know what happened in 2020. So mm-hmm. now my students can't come. My weddings aren't happening. And I have flowers in the field. And I have a place where people can get out into the open air. Mm. So we started doing um, CSA. 
And we would make these bouquets and just like leave them in the barn and leave sanitizer there and like, please go in and get your get your bouquet and get out of the way before the next person comes. Right, brilliant. And um, that's how it started. So we, I personally, not to offend any of the whiskey drinkers in the room, I personally think like flowers are enough to make a destination, but um, in actuality, um, alcohol is kind of an important component. So in 2021, we added the winery and we make a hard cider called Jack Hat, mm-hmm. but then we also feature local wines and then wines from actually international wines. But if you wines. think about it, like people are always looking for, and you know, experience is everything these right. days, right? So coming out, looking at flowers, walking through the field, having a glass of wine, like it's it's more than just like going to a farmer's like even going to a farmer's Absolutely. market is the same thing. Like people are looking for experiences. Right. Yeah, but, but out there in the field, you're not kitchen you're not in a covid cooking pot so. right but right. but it's more than just the buying right well, it's, it's the, the I day think, i think it's my long standing um work in the industry of hospitality mm-hmm. and service that made it me ripe for the picking and so yes it's very much about an experience and a destination we do beautiful tablescapes for people mm. to experience we have cut your own there Instagrammable moments. I mean, the wedding industry, you know, was known for making these beautiful moments for people. So we create installations where people can come and take photos. And, you know, now the farm is just, it's really blooming because we're starting to see, you know, people wanting to come out for Cut Your Own or weddings, events, birthday parties, celebrations, proposals, all of those things. Okay, wait. We have to take a quick break. I don't want to. I know. (laughs) And then we come back. We only have a couple sacks to talk about because I want to talk about you have so so many things. Okay. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Holly Hyder Chapel from Hope Flower Farm and Winery. What is the Holly Egg? The egg is a mechanic that I created for floral design mm-hmm. that was to help uh, professionals make a more beautiful bridal bouquet. Mm-hmm. But it evolved into the pillow, which is a mechanic that is for floral design, flower arranging. I know it's, it, I'll explain that part someday. How does that work? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a sustainable floral design practice, and it's reusable and recyclable. It was built for the industry. But in reality, it made floral design really, really easy for the novice. Well, that makes so much sense because when you think of floral design and you think of like the styrofoam and all the things that are used that are so unsustainable, right? Yes, absolutely. It has to be then. If you're going to talk about like local sourcing and things of that nature, like you have to talk about the products that you're using to make the fabulous displays, right? Right. Right. Like it all has to bleed together. And I am the only floral designer in the industry who has her own patented product line. We have vases and containers as well. So it is cool. So thank you, Martha Stewart, for joining us today. (laughs) All right, so Holly, we're going to wrap up. Okay. Tell everybody, please, where they can find you. I mean, we didn't get into the lines. We didn't get to anything. You have so much going on. We'll definitely be bringing you back. Please. Oh, but we do need food vendors. So, by the way, oh, we hello, have that is really vendors. important to us. Right. Oh, as we the, got two food trucks in here. <laughs> yes. As the farm grows, gathering more vendors that's really important to us because community is key. We are Hope Flower Farm on mm-hmm. Instagram, 
And I am Holly Chapel, C H A P P L E C H Apple. That sounded like we are the Ohio State University. All right, we're going back to Jason. No, Jason will wrap us up at the very end. Jason will wrap us up. Well, now look who's back in studio. Hi, guys. Jen Meltzer and Ed Revis are the managing partners, co owners. Sure. Uh, uh, Money Muscle like, Barbecue. Whatever you want to call, whatever it. You want to call it, Steve. And um, yeah. I'm finally, after six years, pronouncing Ed's name right, and he's okay. not going to be That's really why we brought you back, because he, he could not get over the term. I, I was thinking about that last night. Well, it's all spelled <laughs> wrong. I mean, I'm going to teach you how to pronounce right. your name. So let's, um, let's talk barbecue, because actually, I yes, let's. I, you know, I think I saw you guys nodding a lot through multiple conversations that we were having in studio today, mm. because you guys have all set, which we were at last week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and but the barbecue started during the pandemic mm-hmm. as a way to do something new. And all set is a sit down, whereas you were looking for another way to create some revenue. Absolutely. Um, Deliciously, I might add. <laughs> I called Jen one day. I was like, I just bought a food truck. Right. And um, she said, I just moved I said, out. And I, I, I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because all set, man, being heavy seafood. And I was just talking earlier about, you know, I had to kind of abandon the raw bar and the seafood because you can't deliver that stuff. And I'm a country boy from the South. And I, I started Opportunity. Jen w- w- woke up one day and I had five smokers at the house. A charcoal, a pellet, a wood. Like I really, really. Jen was like, "Why did I wake up?" <laughs> I really dove into it, and so the barbecue was a perfect opportunity that we could get food out to people and go into the neighborhoods with the truck. Mm-hmm. And so. but, how did you decide on the style of barbecue that you wanted to do? Because there's so many styles out I know. there. I know, and I like, I know, I like, I like all of them. So I kind of mixed it. I mean, you can get a little bit of Kansas City, a little bit. I'm from the Virginia, North Carolina border, so that mm-hmm. that vinegar based barbecue yeah. is where I'm yeah. from. So mm-hmm. you get a little bit of all of it with me. And then he's always trying to find ways for us to go to Dallas Cowboys games in Texas. <laughs> so he's okay. like, we have to do a tech. That's another time I wanted a divorce. Wait, they have a right. team in um, Dallas? I didn't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> being but, our New England influence here's restaurant. Here's my, my thing, because right. I literally, I just have done a couple of cross-country trips, um, and we've stopped for barbecue. Some, you know, you can you can overdo it. Mm-hmm. You can take something that's so good when it's so simple right. and crap it up by, you know, with too many sauces and too many, you know. And yours, I have to say, is spot on, man. It's like. But do you, is it about the smoking? Like, what would you say is the key to your, to money muscle? Is it about the smoking? Is it about the wood? Is it about the sauce? Like, what is it about the different textures that we're looking at? Um, he has no idea. Yes, he I does. Mean, no, it's, it's, does. I do. he it's a, it's a great combination. I mean, but the smoking, getting into the, um, I had a reverse flow smoker, and then I bought a straight flow 1,000-gallon last year. And the food cooks such, at a, such a long time. But also, we mar- we smoke, I'm sorry, we prep and marinate the food a day before. See, okay. I think that's, yeah. So you think that's what it is, Oh, yeah, right? I think it's, yeah, I mean, it, it allows the rubs and everything to penetrate the meat properly. And then mm-hmm. and then it smokes for a long time. So, yeah. so how long are we talking about? Like when you put stuff in the smoker, how long? I mean, the longest thing is the brisket. We get 12 hours. And I oh. had the brisket sandwich at all set. And it yeah. was, I mean. That's what I'm saying. So you can good. eat the sliced brisket or the chopped brisket. Back I eat the chopped brisket almost head. every day. Yeah. I mean, you know, growing up. Jewish in New Jersey, we only have one kind of brisket. Wait, you're it's a little Jewish? different. It's so different. <laughs> From my childhood. I I'm know, like, this right? is brisket? I didn't know. Like the first time I had brisket, like I saw barbecue brisket, I was like, who bar- I didn't know. <laughs> is my grandmother here? I had no idea. Now I'm like, why would anybody do brisket? Any other way. Any I'm other way. Right. It's yeah. My dad's still like, you need the onion mix right, with the carrots and celery. And I'm like, no, no we don't. don't. <laughs> 
Stay home, Ginger Dad. ale, right. Lipton onion soup mix, right. and ketchup. Right. I know. Yeah. It sounds I'm so I've learned about all of that. That's right. Years, yeah. More people have died at that table. <laughs> okay. So with uh, the long weekend coming up mm-hmm. um, and – uh, what are you guys doing? Like, it's not just the food truck anymore. No. You're variable and other things. So how can people get access? Absolutely. Well, we're selling it out of multiple locations right now. So you can mm-hmm. find us in downtown Silver Spring out of our full-service seafood restaurant. <laughs> we are now Surf and Turf. So that's all set restaurant and bar. Mm-hmm. We also are out of our fried chicken restaurant up in the White Oak neighborhood of Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find Money Muscle there. And then we also have a stall in the La Phantom Food hall. Oh right, is right. that Riverdale new? Park? It's yeah. been there for about a year now. Yeah. Oh okay, no, La Phantom. We, we moved in in yeah. January. Okay, yeah. okay, great. So that is all fun. Um, La Phantom is open on Mondays. The other two are not. So if you're mm-hmm. going to get the grub for Labor Day, um, let us know on Sunday. Order it on Sunday. We won't heat it up. We'll let you know how you should reheat it the following day. Right. right. Um, and then to kick off the summer, the, excuse me, this. The school season and football season, season, we have some other specials that we want oh, well, to tell you about. Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> um, I love sports. We like to fight about our, lo- Clearly, our, our local teams. Um, so really Sounds starting- like divorce is on the table. <laughs> uh, our local team isn't too bad. <laughs> you know, variety is the spice of life, so mm-hmm. this whole mm-hmm. thing is always a push and pull. But yes. we're going to be doing pretty much kind of after Labor Day weekend through Super Bowl, we're going to yeah. do a football special of 21 wings um, with blue cheese and ranch that you can always get online. Um, from oh, I see some location. wings right over there. Unfortunately, they're we over there. bring but... some wings. They'll <laughs> yes. get faster to you. Yes. And then also a family a school special because I cannot do anything except for maybe get my kid to school on time. <laughs> Think about dinner. Um, so we're also doing sort of a back-to-school family yes. meal where Say you goodbye. get a choice of um, our full rack of ribs or some brisket with mac and cheese, collard greens, and cornbread. I love that. It is hard, especially oh. in the beginning when everybody's getting back to school to get dinner on the table. It's a, it's a heavy lift. My son, I mean? Our son's favorite thing is the six Tuscan cheese blend from Papa John's. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't eat that every no, night. He's at a place now where he tells us which restaurants he doesn't want to eat at. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Not that much. So bad. <laughs> I do understand. Tell me about okay. the, wait, real quick, because how much time do we have? We don't. We don't. wrapping it up. Done. Okay. Don't tell me anything. Tell everybody where they can find you, please. Find us on Instagram, uh, social media, moneymusclebbq.com and at moneymusclebbq.com on the web. You can find us at the different locations I mentioned earlier. Thank you. I don't know. All right. Jason. Jason, let's go back to you. Okay, so you're in town for tonight. Yes. will be, I mean, the show airs the next day. Mm -hmm. So you're in town for... Barrels and what is it? Bourbon, Bar- bourbon. Barrels and barbecue. Barrels, barrels and barbecue, barbecue in that stadium. And, mm-hmm. and what was it about the event that you were like, "Yeah, I got to be there"? Or did somebody well, twist what's, your arm? Well, uh, convenient about it is we are just now getting distributed here in the DC area, mm. and so to promote that, we thought this would be a great event for us to uh, kind of introduce our product uh, to the surrounding uh, community. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Plus, it, you have so much knowledge about the product in general and sort of the history. Do you feel that you'll have the opportunity to really sort of share that tonight? Uh, we hope so. Uh, you know, some of these events, you never know. It could be just a drink, drinking call. fest. I mean, right. you know, it could right. be. But that's that a great way true. an event. At the, I mean, Jonathan Stahl does great events he does. at the stadium. He does. We're looking forward He's to it. Yeah. Back. I mean, that's you want to be exposed to a mass kind audience. Kind of like Log's dog over here already with my... With the barbecue and the bourbon in here. Right, we're like all I know it's a drool, but that's why we have beards, pal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, right. So what's on the horizon for you with the with the restaurant and with the distillery? Do you, ever open, do you want to open a second restaurant somewhere? I do not. Okay. 
<laughs> I've been in the restaurant business back. long enough. Um, you know, I think I'm stepping. I've, I've actually kind of stepped back from the restaurant already. Um, but we look to be in about 25 states by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. So the whiskey brand is growing uh, in leaps and bounds. So I do a lot of traveling with that and go around and support the brand and go out and educate people about what we, you know, what we've got. All right. That's terrific. Well, tell everybody where they can find you, please. uh, For Buzzard Roost, we're definitely on uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, buzzardroost.com as well. Mm -hmm. And me personally, I'm on Instagram as the Bluegrass Bourbon Baron. All right. I feel like you should have started with that, Jason. Such alliteration. I love (laughs) it. I know. All right. Check it out. It's exciting. All right. We're wrapping up real quick. Um, As everybody can see, uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't mess around. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's not messing around in Ukraine. So every week we ask you to remember there there's misery all over the world, but there's particular misery in Ukraine inside and for the millions of refugees outside. Open up your wallet. It's a buck. It's 10 bucks. I don't care what it is, but help those folks out because he can't win there. If he wins there, we got a mess. Mm-hmm. And they are tough people fighting back. Send them some money. Thanks. And we want to thank all the people in studio today. There is so much food in here. I don't know why you people are not eating. Uh, but please check out the list. Speak are you yourself. on it.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything going on in the D.C. metro area. Mm. Everything you heard here today will be on there and on my Insta at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. Lastly, we are out for three weeks. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Uh, so be safe out there. Lots of delicious things happening. And when we come back, we're going to have great stories to tell. Have a delicious week. Bye.